Hey everybody, you're listening to the Mount Rushmore Podcast. My name is Jeff and I'm joined as always by my good friends Richard Hello. and Michael. Howdy. Richard and Michael, you know how they do. They always go at each other uh, while debating, deliberating the Mount Rushmore of any given topic. And this week, that Mount Rushmore is the Mount Rushmore of glasses. Did I think of this one? Yeah. What was I thinking? You know, you like glasses. I like glasses. You don't wear glasses. I, you do. I do. I Everyone's do. Not normally. Not normally. You do you wear contacts. I we're drilling never, down in him right now. I never wear contacts. I often wear oh, glasses. He's got dummy glasses to look cool. Yeah, no. those clear ones. I probably not. I bet they don't even have like. He's glasses. like that girl that also wears like a cute cardigan. I actually do have. Uh, I think they call them pro- progressives. And today our guest let's is check their voting record. The pro- inventor of the bifolds, bifocals, Mr. Benjamin Franklin. Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing? What's up, Benny? Hey, Ben. Hey, what's Benny up? Ben. Hey. So why did you invent bifocals? Look, I don't want to talk about bifocals. I want to talk about my other invention. The, the Franklin stove. The crotchless bee suit. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Now, I love beekeeping, and I, but I also love drinking alcohol. And so I would drink a bunch of alcohol, and I'd go out, and I wanted to take 10 of my bees and stuff like that. But I also have to take a leak. So uh, I invented a crotchless bee suit. Well, I'll tell you, you more about you, that later. How do you not get stung? The thing is you do because but I... But you're so drunk you don't He's mind. so drunk. <laughs> uh, I forgot to put like a mesh around the crotch area. Right. So I got stung right on my dick. But did it swell Right up? on my Yankee doodle. <laughs> did, it, did it swell up? It was swell. It was swell. And with the girls, I was dandy. Well, when you swell down there, it's not so bad, bro. You know? <laughs> right. Oh, thanks That's, a lot, Ben. Thanks that, that for being was, here today. That was the strangest Philadelphia accent I've ever heard. And I know, you know, that, you know, it was what, 250 years ago plus, but. Right. You don't expect yeah. him to sound like a, like a, hey, Just, how you doing? Like Marky Mark from, <laughs> from Invincible. So thanks, Ben. We're going to, you're going to hang around for the whole episode. What? Okay. Thanks so much for, for being here. Um, so, yes, glasses. I think glasses are among the most fashionable tools that we have to to meet the needs of a disability. Because mm. if you see like an Instagram model now, she'll be a nerd. She'll be wearing glasses right. or people have fake glasses. Like you don't have a fake wheelchair, right? Maybe I should. Maybe should. <laughs> the, better parking. <laughs> the, only, the only equivalent of like, like fake glasses is yeah. like... You know, someone with a pimp cane. Pimp cane, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Just strutting along every once in a while, maybe picking up some trash. Every once in a while, in bag. every once in a while, I throw on a bedazzled neck brace. Oh, you do? <laughs> just for the hell of you it. Just want to feel just pretty. Just want to look fancy. Yeah. Was Thanos's glove? Was that for some sort of a disability? A disability, like a carpal tunnel. He was just. Something? Was he bowling? Was well, he, he a bowler? Couldn't, he couldn't kind of harness all of the. Infinity Gems without well, it's, it. So it's he's, a Nintendo oh, Power Glove. That's true. Oh, it is. That's the most important thing to know out of <laughs> Power Glove. Well, uh, glasses are really popular right now, more so, I think, than ever before with people, and it's like kind of a fashion accoutrement now. Um, so Mount Rushmore of glasses. Uh, you guys are both wearing glasses. Who? Okay, what's your prescription? Oh, I've got I've got one going one way and the other one going the other way. I've got. I'm like nearsighted in one eye hey man, and farsighted in the other eye. You should try my bee suit if you got one <laughs> going. One. Uh, yeah, I'm like 
one eye is negative 20 one's mm-hmm. 40 or something. i have no idea what i am oh, okay blind i don't know oh blind okay then you go first well I, I, okay all right all right so my first choice is uh buddy holly glasses oh first choice on jeff hopkins pick of the week buddy holly oh really yes um what's with these homies dissing my girl why do they got a front why they got a front <laughs> Buddy Holly, the uh, probably the the person who made being hip be make made, made it hip to be square. Yeah, originally. Mm. Yeah, I mean, if you look back to the 1950s and all of the early kind of like rock and roll rockabilly type singers, their main gig was to be as cool looking as possible, and glasses didn't fit that bill. Mm-hmm. But Buddy Holly made it work. Yeah, um, and you know, it's a tradition in music that kind of got passed forward from. You know, him to Elvis Costello, any number of singers who kind of want to go for that. Like Rivers Cuomo is another one. The Bud- Colin Malloy. Colin Malloy. I mean, it's it's in the vernacular now, the Buddy Holly glasses. Yeah. It's a it's just a thing. Yeah. Um, and originally he was not he did not like wearing his glasses on stage. He thought it made him look like a nerd. Mm-hmm. Um, so when he did have to wear glasses, he tried to wear the least conspicuous glasses that he possibly could find. Or he would just aud- go to auditions and things and not wear his glasses and be totally blind and not know what he's doing oh. on stage. Oh. Um, so his optometrist actually went to Mexico City and found um, the, 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 the found the original pair of Buddy Holly glasses. Is that right? Because his optometrist thought, you need something that makes you look cool. I think these are cool looking glasses. Now, this is probably what happens when like a 45-year-old optometrist in 1957 <laughs> in Lubbock, Texas mm-hmm. gets to decide what's cool for you. Yeah. You probably wind up with Buddy Holly glasses. Yeah. But it worked. Yeah. I remember hearing John Lennon claim that he felt, because he, I think he wore glasses as a young man and felt in, that he could be a rock and roller if Buddy Holly wore glasses and could be a rock and roller. Right. I mean, it took Buddy Holly from being, I mean, he's kind of remembered as a nerd icon now. Yeah. And that's not necessarily, I mean, if you listen to his music, I mean, it was pretty hard rocking music, mm-hmm. especially for the era. Yeah. So it, it's it really, really yeah. is a matter of just kind of the, how much how much the glasses inform what your perception is of him as an artist. It's interesting. You flash forward, I think you brought him up, you, you flash forward 20, 25 years and you get to Elvis Costello. And right. that is such a fully adopted, almost, no, I wouldn't even say nerd rock, but there is something very strange about him but he kind of he brings that in as well you know it was only really him and maybe devo that right. kind of you're like oh these guys are kind of nerds yeah and yeah it's all kind of I late guess that's okay yeah i i find a similar reaction in morrissey wearing a hearing aid on stage like, oh well he did that for aesthetic reasons not because he was hard of hearing no what i think is it's saying look at me i'm a freak or look at me Mm -hmm. i'm not trying to hide the things that somebody else might hide to make themselves ugly or uh it's it's it it seems like a thing that other people might be embarrassed about that he's showing his courage to Mm. to to wear uh with elvis costello i almost feel like Buddy Holly's glasses and Elvis Costello's glasses look like what they call in the army BCDs, right? Like birth control devices, <laughs> right? <laughs> like the 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 standard issue glasses that the National Health would have issued, uh, you know, Buddy Holly as a or DJ McManus, Declan McManus as a child, you right. know, 
So in a way that feels like almost as punk as dyeing your hair and spiking it up. Well, you know, that's also what you don't have John Lennon on your list, do you? No, I thought about him, but he's okay. He was not there. That's actually uh, when he originally got his glasses there for this movie called How I Won the War. Oh yeah, and uh, he originally got them because they were just a, a prop that would be basically here's what you would get from the National Health Service if you were a yeah. soldier. Yeah, and, and you just needed free glasses. Yeah, that you would get a set like mm-hmm. this. So I think it, it is kind of interesting that his were originally a night a, a way to be fashionable. Yeah. Even though now we've kind of, it's kind of been, it got retrograded back to being nerd look. Mm-hmm. And then the nerd look became cool again. So it's kind of gone through these like phases back and forth. Yeah. But glasses as a political stance, um, but that's not what you, that's not you, you just mentioned Buddy Holly, but it's, you got to rock harder if you got those glasses on. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. All right, Buddy Holly, Michael, what do you got? Uh, my first glasses are the only ones that are functional. <laughs> the rest are all fashion. Oh. So the first one, though, is the visor that Geordie LaForge wears in Star Trek The Next Generation. That's nice. awesome. <laughs> uh, I believe that's related to Cyclops. <laughs> yeah. The Cyclops thing, right? It's a far distant cousin, uh, Geordie LaForge's. A visor isn't just visor. It stands for virtual instrument and sensory organ replacement because, of course, it does. It does yeah. Uh, I had to delve into the uh, Star Trek wiki to really get into the guts of this thing. The, the thing that I found the most interesting just reading about it is it's basically eyeglasses that are a bit extra. They give him a little bit of extra senses. He kind of looks at the world on a different wavelength than seeing it through like normal eyes. And later on, they basically upgraded him to not having uh this visor and he's where he just has like these kind of replacement eyes. They basically oh. replaced his eyes or special contacts or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's weird looking at him. He, it's like looking at Chewbacca without like a bandolier. Yeah. He's just like, no, put the, put the glasses back on. Yeah. The, put the visor back on. It's, it's a weird thing when you're so used to someone with one look that you see them without it. And you're like, no, I don't like that. I mm-hmm. Jordy LaForge wearing the visor is what he should look like. Yeah. Otherwise, you're LeVar Burton on Reading Rainbow. Right. And those are two different characters to me. Something about charming about all the series of Star Trek, how, like other sci-fi films, they adopt a humanoid first point of view when developing characters. There's not too many octopus blobs walking down the, the Enterprise, you know, or mm. there's not that many. And then <laughs> everything's always like one tick off of a human off of a earth human type like thing. A human, but she's green. Yeah, yeah. Human, human but she's but green. Shit yeah, on his head. Yeah, yeah. Like a space belt, you know, or he's wearing a space watch, or those are space glasses. I didn't realize that they were beyond glasses. That they allowed him to see or censor. There were. Did yeah, they I, go back and forth like the Battlestar Galactica <laughs> or like Kit? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't think so. But I, you know, like I remember growing up watching the show, and it was just. You know, he'd talk about it a lot. Like, he was basically, he was virtually, well, totally blind without them. But then the way that he described was when he did gain, I think there was an episode where he did gain sight again. And it was like, this, I don't like to, I don't like to see the world the way that normal people see the world. Oh. I'm so used to the way that I've, 
that this thing is on me that he sees it in like wavelengths and he sees it in oh yeah he sees the infrared and he can see different things and i'm sure throughout the series he's augmented it to do to fill in whatever the science officer thing that he needs it to do. Yeah. Did the did the episode do. end with Worf deciding to do a mercy killing on his side and like gouging <laughs> his eyeballs out? I will help you. <laughs> Star Trek: The Next Thrones. Um, but no, I I don't know. It's I was thinking of like an iconic look and an iconic eyewear, and you know I did think of Cyclops at some point who has I don't know is he on your list? No, probably he's not. not. But you know the Cyclops character from the X Men has. A visual impairment which is why he wears the visor he fell out of a plane when he was a teenager and he can't control it without having this thing on and it's like the if he's not wearing that it's he's a, in total danger it's like they were kind of the reverse of this even though the look is the same is that uh virtual sensory organ replacement powered by electricity what's that ben <laughs> oh ben's back He's just been hanging out. Yeah. He's just pub, been, he's been, he's been in the green room. Because guess who discovered that shit? Who? Ben what? Electricity. I'm just out there flying a kite. I mean, he's, he's kind of taking it down. Okay, I'm going to, yeah. Like Ben. Ben was able to kind of harness lightning. It's hard to say that you discovered. Yeah, bitch, up high, man. <laughs> it's hard to say that you just discovered electricity i invented that shit i think that's how that works yeah all right so uh what's your second richard all right my second are this is the only one i have that is not specific to a person oh so uh these are just ray-bans oh in the broader sense okay because i couldn't really come up with like one iconic person for ray-bans yeah because they've been worn yeah. So many people in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so, sold as a special deal via our Facebook friends that somehow it's <laughs> tag, always like I <laughs> tag someone, is, someone is tagged <laughs> on a special Ray-Ban deal for nine ninety nine. Yes, if you'd like to know when somebody's Facebook has been hacked. <laughs> it's a, is it the Wayfair in particular? Yeah, the okay, Wayfair okay. in particular. Um, which started out as a glasses that were made specifically to be masculine. Oh. Because uh, Ray-Ban basically felt like that that most sunglasses were too feminine for men to wear. So oh. they wanted a more masculine alternative. Yeah. So that's sort of why when you get it to it in the 50s with, you know, Rebel Without a Cause and James Dean, but you still had women wearing them, like Marilyn Monroe would wear them if she didn't want to be recognized by the paparazzi or she was going yeah. out or something, she'd throw on Ray-Bans. Um, I did not know this. So this was This was really interesting to me that apparently they signed a deal back in 1982, Ray-Ban did, with a unique product placement, which is a company that does product placements for films and TV shows, $50,000 a year to try and get them in movies and TV shows because oh. the brand had really <laughs> dipped in the 70s and oh. people weren't wearing, weren't wearing Ray-Bans mm-hmm. at the time. And so that's why in 1983, for example, that was part of that deal was that they got Ray-Bans on Tom Cruise oh, for, for Risky, Risky Business. business. Oh. Um, Miami Vice, same thing. So, and they spent fifty thousand dollars a year for wow. that type of like product placement. Wait, what is Alf? That's why cornflakes were so popular. Everyone was just like sliding around <laughs> in their underpants, <laughs> dumping cornflakes on them too. I remember Did that. Alf wear Ray Bans? Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. And there's just something about the Ray Ban that's inherently cool. There, I don't wear sunglasses that often. Um, I've had one pair of Ray Bans. My whole life, and they were like, they're so proud to get them, so happy. The real Ray Bans, not kind of the 
the bullshit I got at the gas station and they kind of look like Ray-Bans if you squint your eyes a little bit. And then they got broken about a month after I had them. Was was playing tennis, had put them down to yeah. uh, not wear them and then somehow somebody stepped on them. Always I, the way. Sunglasses and me are have never gone hand in hand, mostly because I've always worn glasses and I've always worn glasses because I have, uh, I mean, we're getting into my medical history here. I have an astigmatism in one eye where I mm-hmm. can't wear uh, contacts. Yeah. Like I have a curvature where the optometrist says you can't. So like going to, I can get prescription sunglasses. Uh, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I, I'm going to break those first. I know. I know it. I, it's going to happen exactly that yeah. happens with you is that I know that I'm going to treat them slightly mm-hmm. less preciously than I do my, the glasses that I wear every yeah. day. Cause you're not wearing them all the time. Yeah. You can be laying around and yeah, someone's going to stomp on them. I can't break or lose cheap sunglasses, though. Like, if they're the cheap ones that they I survive think. <laughs> in, for forever. When the apocalypse comes and all the aliens come <laughs> down, it's going to be like, wow, there's a lot of shitty sunglasses around here. <laughs> the Ray-Ban, somebody told me that Ray-Ban was a kind of a euphemism for sunglasses at one point. That they, they were so popular. They fell into well, that Kleenex or well, not like It wasn't even, Xerox it was mold. like that was actually before the term sunglasses or some, something. It, that sounds apocryphal. All right, good enough. Ray Bans, and I'd heard that 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 style, the square style, is called the spotlight oh, really? style. It be, they're the the squarish ones fall into that category of that. Yeah, I can't figure out why they're so. I mean, pretty cool. I'd like to figure out why they're so universally cool. I don't know what it is about them specifically. Yeah, I don't know. Any thoughts, Jeff? Uh, I think they do look like one has a bright light shining down on you and almost like shadows your eye and then they look like a shadow i think on your eyes and i think that's a very dramatic look so you're saying they they're telling people that your future is so bright that you got you gotta wear shades. you gotta wear shades yeah winfield second choice uh new year's eve glasses specifically oh, y2k oh, nice. glasses <laughs> nice uh these things are always atrocious especially when you get into uh if like it's the year like 1977 let's just say and like there's not enough circles for your eyes and you're just like this is awful yeah 2017 (laughs) there wasn't really a no yeah that's a really that's a good one yeah i went back a little too far but back in 11 11 they're like what the fuck are we gonna do i am blind (laughs) blind. (laughs) jesus in the year one was like i don't know what's going on i don't know just got a thing that's hanging on the middle of my face uh the new year's eve novelty glasses are so ubiquitous and they're just such this flimsy piece of trash that you decide to put on that you maybe you think is fun <laughs> or funny. It's a thing that unfunny people think is funny. Yeah. It's like wearing a wig. It's like wearing a wig to a kickball game, Richard. Oh. <laughs> um, and you think that that is the thing that's going to set me apart. But New Year's Eve glasses, especially around the year 2000, were so prominent because it was such that yeah. doom and gloom, not knowing what yeah. was going to happen. Is this the last night on Earth? Yeah. Oh, my God. I've got to live it up by buying these awful novelty yeah. glasses. Do you think they became popular about the time when the the Tom Petty in the video for Don't Come Around Here No More Top Hat <laughs> came around? Because you remember for a while, that everybody... That was probably, had, what, 1984, 85? Was that? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a little bit earlier, earlier. yeah. The it Mad Hatter-esque hat. Because you'd see it at the ballpark. There was things were everywhere. At festivals, the cat, Lollapalooza. The hat looking thing. Yeah. That yeah. was a little bit later. I think 
that was like that resurgence. Of, that was like rave culture. Yeah, was nine, it? 96, oh. 97, rave culture kind of coming in. People with sucking on pacifiers. <laughs> Save it for the Mount Rushmore of hats. Oh, hell, sorry. Oh, shit. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. These glasses I thought of just like, they're so dumb. And we've all had some version of it. We've yeah. all either put them on at some party or celebrated the New Year's by, I don't know. <laughs> there is. There's so many different versions, too. There's just like the generic ones or, you know, you can go fancy. Well, now you're a dad. So here's the thing. Yeah, Your I know. kid's going to find it funny. Ah, that's true. I would love to send those into like prescriptions.com and say, put some lenses in these fuckers. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Sir, it's like, it's like 2006. Why? I, I wonder if people who were that's so... Pretty good year. Right? <laughs> <laughs> if people who were so afraid of like Y2K and all the bugs going crazy, I wonder if there was like the people that lived on the edge and bought like electronic ones. Yeah. With like battery and light operators like, Ooh. oh yeah. Fuck it. I'm... I'm going to live, if this is the last night on earth and these things fry my face off at the stroke of midnight, Yeah, I'm there. Do you think all those people, they chose the glasses because the New Year's Eve hat has that thin elastic thing that always just ends up snapping your neck and they were just afraid of that. Do you mm. think that's it? <laughs> Getting garroted <laughs> by, some, <laughs> by someone in the, <laughs> happy new year. <laughs> ah, it's a ligature strangling me. Okay, uh, we are at our halftime, surprisingly, of the Mount Rushmore of glasses. And look at your phone. Look at the computer. Look, put your glasses on if you need to, at the iPad that you got. And look at past episodes of the Mount Rushmore podcast. Hit that download button and hit that five-star button. And then go ahead and type in a review We'd love to find out which episodes you like, which you don't, what you think of the podcast in general. Now, keep your glasses on. Uh, do the double press that you have to do to navigate over to the Facebook app. And then go follow the discussions on the Mount Rushmore podcast page on Facebook. Why not go to Twitter and Instagram while you're at it? We'd love to get your suggestions for future episodes or your comments on past episodes. And I guess begrudgingly we should promote other podcasts that are not nearly as good as ours, but here's these guys. They're trying to take a stab at it. Everybody has a story, and not all of those stories are clear black and white issues, even when we think they are. We wonder, how did this happen? Or what is that like? Or what happens next? Are you sure you really want to know? This is Ignorance Was Bliss at IWB Podcast. Well, they stabbed it pretty good. Could you imagine <laughs> the lead into a commercial of like, you know, Big Bang Theory is going to commercial and they're like, eh, eh. Do, you, do you need to use cheer? <laughs> I guess it does some. It cleans some clothes, I guess. You gotta buy a car. You might as well buy a Ford, and then cut to the Ford commercial. Ben, Ben Franklin, question for you. What's Is up? AC still here? What's up? Hey guys, let me tell you about this alcohol that I made using hair. Hmm. It pass. was really bad. Pass. <laughs> it's hard to pass. Everything it's like, it's bro, no, bro, don't have they ever said? I got, I got Jersey, <laughs> I got Boston there. The only if of a hair of the dog that bit you. This is hair of hair that bit you. So, hair based uh, you invented up. 
electricity. Invented that shit. Invented electricity. Yeah. Uh, the bifocals. Yeah. Uh, Franklin stove. Franklin um, stove. I assume the battery. The did library. You be- did you become like a millionaire or just what happened? Uh, publishing is pretty much where I made my fortune, mm-hmm. but I had a lot of failures. There were things I first to publish. Yeah, it. hair wine. Hair wine was that. That <laughs> was not what I thought it would be, dude. Uh, but what grapes are any better? Yeah, that shit's better. Yeah, it is. Uh, I had an all German newspaper. Weren't enough Germans. So I said, if it's time. Tried to make the turkey the national bird. Yeah. But messed that up. Yeah, I was, I was, I don't know what you're thinking on that one. You invested a lot in that. That's the trouble. Yeah. All your wild turkey, uh, like a a USA paraphernalia. Hey, you fuckers. Are you guys on money? I am. Wasn't even a president. (laughs) Eat that. Richard, we got. Eat that. That's just floating. Michael, we just got to wear that one. That's just floating in there. (laughs) Wow. All right. We're back. Um, yeah, dude. No, whatever you want in the fridge. It's a microwave. You just put that stuff in the microwave. Oh, you didn't invent that. Okay. Good improv. <laughs> uh, it's... Yes, and? It's Richard. All right. So my third choice. Yeah. Randy Macho Man Savage. Oh, wow. And his wraparound yeah. mirrored glasses. Yeah. Um, so he was a he was a wrestler who was known for dressing flamboyantly. Oh, for sure. Would be a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. With his cowboy hat and what else? His uh, tie-dyed spandex. Yeah. He had, a, he had a lot of tassels. Tassels, yeah. A lot of fringe and tassels. A little mm-hmm. bit of surrey with a fringe on top. Mm-hmm. Did he, he didn't have shoulder pads. He didn't need those. No, he did. didn't need them. He had okay. shoulders. Yeah. Do you know Unlike us. Do you know what's great about Macho Man? I mean, I know we're going to talk about his glasses. Yeah. But when he was in the ring, he just got down to nothing. He got down to the smallest of shorts. Yeah. The tidiest. It just had like a couple of stars on it. Like they're pink and white. Uh-huh. And like that was it. He just he was just a wild man. I mean, yeah. this is before his later years when he was just pumped full of yeah. chemicals man. and mm-hmm. Right. You know, but like I love that he had all that flair and just stripped down to nothing. And oh, just yeah. Rassled. Yeah. I love it. And his glasses were a very big part of his look. Mm-hmm. In fact... Whenever you buy, if you go to, if you were to go to the WWE web store, I know for a fact that you would see Macho Man paraphernalia that basically has the wraparound glasses that say Macho Man on them mm-hmm. because that's how iconic they were and connected to him. Um, and his outfits, at least, and then everything else, was designed by this guy named Michael Braun, who also did outfits for Jimi Hendrix, wow, and Cher, and Bon Jovi, wow. So you know, real style icons. Yeah. Um, actual style icons. And he's got, you know, outfits hanging in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, stuff like that. And he's the guy who designed all of Randy Savage's look, which included the glasses, mm-hmm. which were hand-painted by Michael Braun. So he had dozens of glasses that were all individually hand-painted. I don't know, brother. I'm thinking like a gray flannel suit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Can you get oh, yeah. one of those this braun fella says it should be more colorful do you think him and um brett hitman hart had a like a glasses rivalry going on oh sure yeah i'm sure you think that like because i don't think i don't remember macho man as one that was generous with his glasses to the crowd but definitely that was part of hearts thing heart shtick was like he would find like the 11 year old boy in the audience and like 
bestow this gift upon them. Yeah, how much? He had to sell those in bulk, buy those in bulk, I would imagine. Yeah, but they were like cheap foam ones. Yeah, they weren't nice ones. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, again, if your glasses were designed by a, a world-famous uh, costume designer, you're not giving those fuckers away. I'm always impressed, now that we're on to wrestler's fashion, I'm always impressed by how many wrestling outfits it seems that some of these guys go through. Like, some people have, like, just a single look. Like, right. um, Stone Cold Steve Austin, for example. That's a good one. Like, wore, like, black trunks and, like... A vest. A vest. And, like, that was it. You know, the vest got duded up here and there, but for right. the most part, it was the same. Yeah. But some of these guys just must go through so many hundreds of different looks, you know. You think of... I mean, I think we're kind of stuck in, like, the late 80s, early 90s right now, but uh, uh, Ravishing Rick Rude, you know, he'd have a different person painted, face painted on his pants, airbrushed on his pants every night. Uh, All these, like, there were just guys that were just like, I'm sure half of their money went into just, like, their look. Mm -hmm. Right. I... I think we're over we're, we're glossing over the fact that Stone Cold Steve Austin wore a vest with no shirt. Oh yeah. I think we need to really like mm. think about that for a second and mm-hmm. how would that be something that would happen kind of in life? Real life? Yeah. That you would think. It's like the assless, it's like the chaps without the pants of, the, of tops. That is the perfect analogy. Yeah. Yeah, how does how do how do you organically get to the point where you're like, "Huh, got my wrestling trunks, got my boots." Yeah. Do I need anything else? No. Oh yeah, vest. Yeah, the vest <laughs> is an added layer of protection, right? In addition to a shirt, and it's yeah. inter- and it's interesting to me to kind of bring it back to Randy Savage a little bit. Being organic, there's nothing organic about wearing sunglasses inside yeah. an arena. You're indoors, except if you're trying to be the a bright heel, lights. heel asshole oh. who doesn't want to thinks he's too cool for everybody yeah. else or whatever. Who is the woman? Who is the woman? Elizabeth. I think it also helped contain. The crazy eyes. Because you couldn't always sure. have those crazy eyes on camera. Like you could, like in an interview with like Mean Gene, yeah. you needed to put something in front of those eyes that's staring at you that you're just like, oh, those things are darting all over the place. And yeah. this person is insane. But like having those glasses on really contained. Oh, yeah, yeah. It helped. It was almost like it a mask like that he wore. Yeah. You had to <laughs> do less. like Cyclops. You had to do less eyes. You said that to do crazy eyes probably is an optical nightmare. It'd give you a headache. So he'd cover it up, and we'd assume the eyes were crazy underneath. Yeah. Do you? Elizabeth was. He was trying to get her to say that he was better than the best, and she kept saying, "You're the best." And he would correct her, and then he pushed. She shoved her out of the frame. Right. Then he dragged her back in the frame. It was trying to Yo, get her to say. Abuse. That was, so was a tough relationship. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Winfield. Uh, Clark Kent. Ah, ding, 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 ding. A guest of the podcast uh, said, duh, Clark Kent, obviously. Um, so that's that? on there. Uh, let's find it. Uh, there was a lot of great a lot of great input pa- from... Pausing for a station identification. <laughs> pausing, 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 pausing. This pause brought to you by VSP, insurance providers for optical <laughs> healthcare. <laughs> I don't know. VSP, also the owner of... The <laughs> very special very spe- poisons. Yeah, poisons. VSP also owns Lens Crafters. Also owns most optical creation places. Da, 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 da. <laughs> All right, guys. At this point, I'm checking to see what some of our um, followers of the podcast have said. 
that they think first comes to mind when they think of glasses. And this you is had taking, to ask, Richard. This is taking sorry, very he long. said that it was a guest. I know. Former guest. I assumed he knew who it was. Yeah. No, not for. Sorry, he's a fan. Oh, okay. Of the podcast, said Superman, and that person or Clark Kent, and that person. Oh fuck them then! If they're not a former guest, I don't care. Oh, sorry, I didn't know that. Not significant. Oh yeah, no. Oh, this is one of my favorite parts of any podcast is when someone starts to research in in in, in, in time. Well, in yeah, this is the best. Maybe we can do some more like. Um, well, really, Richard, you and I should be vamping for a bit. Oh, I was singing Spanish Fly by uh, Tijuana Brass. Oh, we got to pay for that now. Yeah, but I sang it really crappy, so you really can't tell what it is. Somebody said it. Um, do 10 more comments. Okay. Jim Neeb? Was the funniest Jim man. Neeb? Okay, should I talk about Clark Kent while you're looking for it? And then you can just throw Amy it. Huell. Oh, okay. Oh, I know her. Really? She's great. Thanks, yeah. Amy Huell. Yeah. What about Clark Kent? Well... Uh, you know, Clark Kent, obviously, the um, fake persona of Superman, um, didn't need glasses because, of course, Superman has yeah. um, incredible vision. Super, super, super vision. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he created this character of Clark Kent. You know, Superman really has three personas. Yeah. He has Superman, he has Clark Kent, and then there's kind of Kal-El, who's kind of like his real true oh, yeah. persona. That's but also the, Marty Feldman. That was his other. <laughs> that was the, the he did a lot of work head. of Marty Feldman in the from 1972 to like 81. Right. Yeah, it was really nice. Before he Good died. Yep. Um, but the, you know, his three kind of personas in one. Superman is obviously his a costume he puts on to help humanity. Then Clark Kent is the costume he puts on to protect his identity as Superman, so he can go be in the city. Right. And then he has his other kind of true, more true form of Clark or Kal-El mm-hmm. of like him on the farm and back home. And he doesn't need glasses for that yeah. too. But he's chosen to kind of wear, to use glasses to be this mild mannered reporter as, you know, as he was initially described back in like the, you know, 40s and 50s. And it was very interesting because his, the look was so, I, I guess they used glasses as, kind of a mask it kind of does yeah. the same thing as when you put on one of those kind of domino masks and it covers up his face i mean no one actually ever believes that all you can do to hide his identity is to put on glasses yeah but they that's what they accepted you just kind of accepted that reality of like oh yeah superman puts on glasses mm. and puts on a suit yeah well, i mean the idea i think is that clark Kent, by putting on the glasses becomes this meek he's he's projecting a meekness that you would then assume, well, there's no way he could be. There's a very interesting thing they did with, um, especially the performance of, uh, in the first Superman movie. Christopher uh, Reeve. With Christopher Reeve, where he portrayed him, uh, Clark Kent, as smart but bumbling. He was clumsy. Yeah. He was a farm boy in the big city. Mm-hmm. He kind of stood hunched over with like kind of his rolled shoulders and then you, when he takes his glasses off and he stands up straight to Superman, he turns from someone that's six foot tall to someone that's like six foot four. And just like his physical transformation is aided by his kind of his glasses. It kind of helps reduce him down to somebody that is a normal human being. And then when he takes the glasses yeah. off, stands up straight back, you know, he's this otherworldly mm-hmm. superhero. Yeah, And it is such an interesting you know what I've always disagreed with? Um, there's a bit in Kill Bill Volume 2 
where near the end, um, Beatrix Kiddo is sitting with Bill, and he's talking about how like uh, Clark Kent is what Superman thinks of humanity, and how he's like this is he this is a lesser being, and it's just like no, it's just a disguise. Like he ad- adopts so much into. It's like such a Quentin Tarantino bullshit take on a character that is just so vastly wrong. And oh, it's, and it's yeah. just like, this is how he sees human beings as like these weak things. It's like, no, it, Superman has to be... Like, there are so many different parts to his character that it's just a mask that mm-hmm. he's wearing. Yeah. I guarantee you Kevin Smith would not have had that hot take. No. Do you think at the time... Well, I think it's interesting. Glasses as mask, and we've had glasses as a way of being seen versus a way of hiding, or at least he's trying to have them see him as weak and certainly draw them off the tail of him being the most powerful person yeah. in the universe. There's a great comic, Jeff, that you should read called um, All-Star Superman by um, Frank Quitely, who's the... Uh, artist and uh, Grant Morrison who's the writer and he really captures Clark Kent in this similar kind of Christopher oh. Reeve way yeah. where he is just this big oaf yeah and just it's just perfect it's yeah really quite something awesome uh, your final one Richard uh, my last one is the monocle <laughs> specifically as worn by Mr. Peanut wait a minute wait a minute monocles are not glasses dude they're monocles glass. are a monocle. They're glass. Glasses yeah. are two. Monocle is one. Well, no. I, I, Spectacles I, and glasses. I think we're in the general world of glass. If you, if you, if you accepted. Well, you know. No, Jeff. Okay, if we Jeff, did. How about this? Jeff, you're right. If we did bicycles and you said unicycle? Yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm going I'm to pull back the curtain a little bit. If we said twins and you said one person? Well, that's different. <laughs> that's not the same. What? It's not. No. That's, that's a, a hard take. Okay. Um, I'm going to pull back the curtain a little bit. I had written two lists because I wasn't sure which way we were going to go. Did you write oh. one for like actual like like cups and things? Uh, I had the bifocal. Uh-huh. Uh, I had the monocle. Or I had the monocle. Yeah. The bifocal. 3D glasses. And I was like, one, two, three. Oh, I got to get a four. And I had flip. Flip oh. up sunshades. <laughs> nice. like, but the monocle was on my list okay. at some in some early stages of development of this. I think, okay. I think from a broader standpoint, glasses are there to aid with your eyesight. Uh, I'm going to go down to all my okay. monocle stuff that I'd written, okay. all my monocle bits. All your monocle bits. Yeah, I did say spectacles. I said glasses. Well, so, I, so I'm hearing you. Okay. Yeah. So, um, Mr. Peanut. <laughs> Mr. Peanut. Because, you know. Has, when, he got, has he gotten you back with Mr. Peanut? Because that's, that's where he got me back. Yeah, you know, that's okay. good. Yeah. yeah, I mean, when you need to, to class project, up a shitty yeah. product, when you need to project classiness onto a legume, <laughs> yeah. You can have the cane, you can have the top hat. Was he just trying really to hide his identity as Super Peanut? Because Super Peanut, <laughs> if people knew that Mr. Peanut was Super Peanut, he'd be his, his family would be in terrible yeah, yes, danger. Yes. Grave danger from yes. a. Now, that's just bringing around because he also has the cane, too, that he seems. To not have a disability. Yeah, he's just a dandy. He's just a dandy. Okay. Um, I love him. Love me a monocle. They yeah. Seem completely useless. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think they they mainly exist 
so that Margaret Dumont can get scared yes. and have, yeah. or upset and have one pop out into yeah. her champagne yeah. glass. That's basically the whole reason <laughs> this exists. The, the flimsy research I did uh, about the monocle was that uh, a lot of them were invented so you could like examine documents closely. Oh, huh. You could stick them in your eye and just look at some highfalutin old book oh. or something. Nobody says, you're about to make a monocle of yourself. <laughs> No, they don't. No, they don't. Okay. Um, so the Mr. Peanut one was actually uh, originally, uh, there was a, a contest to try and uh, come up with an anthropomorphic peanut. Oh. And it was won by Antonio Gentile, who in, in 1916, who was a... Uh, <laughs> He's not in The Sopranos? Was a schoolboy, <laughs> school okay. 14-year-old back in 1916. And um, he basically came up with the idea for Mr. Peanut. And then the ad, the ad wizards got it oh, and wow. decided we need to class this thing up. Oh, your, your number one enemy is the ad wizards, mm-hmm. Richard. Yeah. They, they decided, well, we need a top hat. We need a, we need spats. What else do we need? We need that goddamn monocle on there. And back in 2014, actually, Mr. Peanut had to weigh in um, <laughs> on a fashion movement when the monocle was making a brief comeback with, with your hipster. Oh, Portland, let's say, element. Mm-hmm. And so basically, he's looking at me like I was like you, <laughs> like I did anything. Wait, which year? When? 2014. Oh, okay. And he basically uh, had to issue a press release that says, said like, yeah, I noticed these hipsters are wearing them, but no one wears them as good as me. Oh, okay. I don't know. There. Oh. I would say that that kind of is, feels like a tail end of like that kind of brief steampunk surgeons oh yeah in yes. popular culture where like people decided that like brown leather and typewriters were really cool yeah and, and farthing do you feel like there is a place where scrooge mcduck uncle Moneybags, or like the monopoly guy yeah where do they go and get their yeah the new the yorker monopolies. the new yorker monopolies. icon guy uh, yeah all kind of hang out yeah like a is there a boutique optician where they all go do you think it's half off though it's half <laughs> <laughs> What's well, where they go? That 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 is the real reason. Is all of these millionaires and billionaires wear monocles? They just want to save money. They're so cheap yeah. that they are not going to even yeah spend the money for two glasses when they can see out of one eye. They're just yeah. going to close one eye all the time. Yeah. There's a cricket inside the garage. <laughs> That's very loud. That Look, feels like an insult. Yeah. Uh, the crickets. The crickets. Uh, that's our podcast, folks. Crickets is listening. Okay, uh, Michael, your final choice. My final choice is uh, Holly Golightly sunglasses. Oh, wow. In Breakfast at Tiffany's. Okay. And uh, obviously, Audrey Hepburn wore these glasses. They were Oliver Goldsmith Manhattan sunglasses. And um, she wore them prominently in kind of the opening scene and a few times uh, throughout the movie. And they act as, you know, we talked about them for single or glasses for Superman as kind of a mask. And they do the same thing for the Holly Golightly character. Yeah. Is she wears, you know, the entire movie and the entire book by, um, uh, Truman Capote. Capote. Thank you. Was, uh, you know, it's all about identity. You mm-hmm. know, her character is, uh, of this kind of country bumpkin that moves to the city. That's yeah. trying to disguise who she really is. And so she crafts these different identities and uh, has, you know, she acts as like this 
kind of socialite. She's not quite a call girl. Yeah. She kind of does things for, um, I don't know. I don't, you, she, she dates it, rich people. She dates rich people, but doesn't it does it's never explicitly stated whether she sleeps with them. Right. Um but she's kind of masking herself and because we lived in a classier time back then. Yeah. As evidenced by Mickey Rooney. There's just kind of like that's this the most unfortunate part. <laughs> that's a, yeah. But she kind of has like this physical metamorphosis when she's dressed up in her Sunglasses, which happen to also be these prescription glasses, she doesn't really see well without oh. them. Um, and I don't know. I just thought it was a fascinating one, just an iconic visual, yeah, look for a person that uh, so many people look up to. Oh yeah, just fashion wise. That poster, it, that that those yeah, pants she wears, yeah. Um. But, you know, when she does ultimately kind of take off the black dress, take mm-hmm. off the glasses, takes up all the makeup, it kind of reveals who she is underneath all that, but underneath the stuff that she is kind of projecting yeah. to the world. That's interesting. That seems like another, wow, okay. So I haven't really done this in a while, but uh, kind of noticed, it seems like, Richard, a lot of your um, choices are things where the person is kind of choosing glasses to distinguish and stand out and to make themselves yeah. uh, rise in esteem or something like that. Or coolness. Coolness, yeah. And Michael, seems like there's a lot of disguises in your list. Um, the people who are trying to either hide their flaws or hide their strengths. So that's hide, interesting. Hide their love for the year 1999. That's right. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, I just would love to uh, go about the list that was submitted uh, by our folks out on the internet. And Did some, anyone have Elton John? Uh, three so. or four Elton Johns. Okay. Uh, guess what um, Scott Jones chose? Elton John. No, I thought it would be Elton John. Uh, Scott Jones. Is it a Kansas City Royal? <laughs> yeah. George my, Brett wearing glasses. <laughs> my brother and uh, a friend from high school... Um, Scott Jones and a few other people chose Drew, Drew Carey. My brother <laughs> chose Dan Quisenberry and Freddie, uh, uh, Cookie Ross, <laughs> some, some, nice. some Kansas City Royals. I was surprised at the number of Diane Keatons. Huh. Because I don't necessarily think of her as glasses necessarily. But, uh, Annie Hall wore glasses. Yeah. She did. But, but I mean, the Godfather, that. like there's some roles that she did. Um, and a lot of Elton John's, a lot of the predominant leader was Stephen Colbert. I Really? They wow. think of him as having glasses, but that, not... That is a very interesting... That is really interesting. I I do the same. I think of someone, he's just he just happens to wear glasses. I don't see them as a iconic yeah. aspect of his character. The same way that, like, Bernie Sanders wears glasses. It's like, yeah, he wears glasses. He's the one guy that wears glasses. I wear glasses yeah. because I They're can't see. They're not particularly, like, flamboyant or interesting. Yeah. They're not thick. Glasses. One of the early thoughts... You know, this of, is the reason why we do the show and not other people, by the way. One of the thoughts that I had earlier was uh, Woody Allen. And Woody Allen uh, was earlier on in his career, I think, channeling a couple comics. Among them, Jack Benny, who was, one of, who was a comedian who wasn't kind of afraid to wear glasses. Yeah. Um, whereas Bob Hope would probably be a much more of a dandy type of... Was there any Harry Carey there? 
I don't see any huh. Harry Carey. I almost thought I, that was that was the one I almost one yeah. of the ones I almost had. Oh, uh, em- Emily thick mentioned Coke bottles that were like a good two inches thick. Yeah. Bef- before I left tonight, Emily asked me, "Oh, so what are you recording?" I told her, and "He's like, oh, glasses," and she's like, "Oh, Harry Carey." She's like, "Oh, Richard is one hundred percent going to choose him," and I was like, "I don't know, maybe." Yeah, there you go. Thought about it, mm. but did not. One of the responses was just a gif of Charles Nelson Riley. <laughs> 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 Pretty cool. So I would invite you to go. We'll put a link to it in the, maybe in the show notes or something like that if you want to go there. So my choices are, and some of them were already chosen by our guys here. Um, uh, we started off with Buddy Holly, and that was at the top of the list there, Buddy Holly. And then um, let's see. Uh, another thing that I had chosen was Elton John, but y'all didn't say it. But then my fourth was Superman, but you said that you're third. Is that right, Michael? Yes, sir. Okay. Um, so I'd like to go, because you educated me on this, I'd like to go with uh, Mr. Peanut and Holly Go Lightly. Is that four? That is four. That's four. Does Buddy that Holly, Mr. Peanut, Holly Go, Holly Go Lightly, and... Clark Kent. Clark Kent. Our Mount Rushmore. That's a hell of a band. That's a hell of a band. Uh, so thank you guys for listening. This is being the Mount Rushmore of glasses. Next week is the Mount Rushmore of uh, comedic Draculas. <laughs> another another Jeff Hopkins production. <laughs> I can't wait for Jeff this. Hopkins. What were you thinking? <laughs> I don't know. We'll find out. Blah. That's what I was thinking. Uh, perfect. Uh, just in time for not Halloween. Uh, this has been the Mount Rushmore of comedic. No, wait. That. <laughs> comedic blackulus. No, glasses. Uh, I am always Jeff. I'm Richard. I'm Michael. <laughs> comedic blackulus.